Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. So thank you for joining us, and uh, God bless you. Well, let's go ahead and honor God with our giving today, our tithing. Let's worship Him. This is an awesome part of our, our, our worship. We get, to, we get to honor God with the first fruits of our lives. I also want to thank you so much for continuing to give to the ministry. Um, we are so thankful for your generosity, and uh, we're, we're, just, we're just grateful. And, and God is moving, doing great things. Um, through our COVID-19 relief, we are having people continue to give to that. We're just getting ready for, for uh, blessing people and helping with their needs as we come out of this and uh, helping our community. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful for your, your tithes, your consistent tithes and offerings to the ministry. God is moving. I love this verse. We've been in 2 Corinthians 9 for a while, but it's so great because the whole thing is about an offering, preparing an offering um, for the ministry, that's what it is. And so Paul encourages the, the Corinthian church to prepare an offering ahead of time. And he reminds us of something very powerful, that what your tithe and your offering does, the tithe opens up the window of heaven. The offering is the rain and fertilizer that blesses that and blesses your life. So he says, here it is. In 2 Corinthians 9, 12, and 13, he says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. First of all, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. I love that. And Jerusalem is, is the home. That, that's your local church. The needs in the local church will be met. You can say it that way. And, and they, the church, will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, now remember, this is your ministry of giving, they, all people, will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers, I love that, will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. He reminds us that our giving will impact the world around us because he's saying they will give God the glory when we give. Every year, our church body has given thousands of dollars into our community. I, I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back at all. What I say is that we give so that it points to Jesus, just simply that. We give in order for it to point to Jesus, so let's do that again today. We thank you so much for supporting the ministry. God, thank you for allowing us to give. Thank you, God, right now that um, we are uh, seeing in the future and seeing that our giving is making an incredible impact in people's lives, Lord God. And I don't know, one day when we walk into heaven, God, uh, we're gonna meet people we've never met before simply because We've prepared our hearts and prepared an offering to allow the gospel to be preached throughout the world. There's no greater message than the gospel for it is the power of God, the power of salvation to those who will believe. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. And thank you for giving. You can go to our website and go to our Give tab and give online today. Thank you so much. Uh, 
I'm very excited uh, about today. I want to show you a, a video here as we kind of lead into this message. I want to start this message with a verse out of Isaiah 61 through 3. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Title of this message is Let There Be Light. Today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, our Savior and King. And today is more than just a story to remember. It is a reminder of the life-changing power of his resurrection. The light and life of the risen King and the amazing impact of this historical event. See, it's more than just a holiday it is the unique event and turning point in the history of the world. A powerful display of God's light and love to all people, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today is more than just a reminder of his resurrection power. It is a declaration of his resurrection power. That's why we say the light has come. Let there be light. John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Let there be light. On this day, millions will celebrate the resurrection, but the resurrection is not just a celebration, it's actually a prediction. A prophecy fulfilled in exact detail that the lamb was to be slain, that Jesus was to be the sacrifice for all sins once and for all. And then he made this prediction in Matthew. 
Matthew 16, 21. It says, from then on, Jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and suffer injustice from the elders, leading priests, and religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed. But three days later, he would be raised to life again. Jesus predicts the future. Jesus predicts his future, but it's not just his death he predicts. He predicts his resurrection. He prophesies a God ending, a happy ending. Who doesn't like happy endings? God created happy endings. Like we stated last week, God endings are happy endings filled with a future and a hope for those who believe. And God is calling us today, I believe, to declare the same hope and power of the resurrection into our present situation to predict our future. Let me say it again. He's calling us to declare the same hope and power of the resurrection into our present situation in order to predict our future. Let there be light. Say, let there be light in your homes. I love it that God commanded Ezekiel to speak to a dire situation. He said, I, I, want, I want to show you something, Ezekiel. I'm going to show you a valley of dead bones. And he says, I want you to, I want you to do something here. So God asked a question to Ezekiel. He said, do you think that these bones can come to life? And Ezekiel didn't say no. He said, God, only you know the answer. And I love it. God doesn't... He just basically gives him a command because he, Ezekiel already knows the answer. So God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones and tell them to come alive. And guess what? They did. Bones were connected to muscle and muscle covered the flesh and suddenly a mighty army rises up. Ezekiel partners with God and we see this amazing miracle happen. See, God could have said, hey, Ezekiel, watch, watch this. Watch me do this. Watch me. I'm gonna speak to those bones. I'm gonna prophesy to the window. He goes, Ezekiel, you do it. You declare it. You command it. And, and this is what God is asking us to do today. Speak into our situation. Let there be lights. Let there be resurrection power in our lives today in an uncertain time. Because our words have power, Proverbs 18, 21, read it for yourself. So let's speak life. Let's speak hope and light, especially in the darkest hours. Let there be light. You know, that's our job. That's our calling we are commanded by God to give and speak light into dark places. We are called to declare hope in difficult times. Psalm 107, verse two. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's not asking the world to speak that right now. He's asking us, those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, let the redeemed of the Lord speak out and declare it. 
And then it says, whom God has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So we say, let there be light. Today is more than just an Easter story. It's a declaration of God's glory. It's an extremely important declaration. Let there be light. They are the first words spoken from God Almighty. Genesis 1. God came right out and said, let there be light. He could have said, let there be bats. Let there be owls, things that fly in the dark. Because no, no, he said, let there be light. And I believe those were the same words spoken in the tomb. To a lifeless body confined in a cave for three days, he said, let there be light. My prayer today is that God flips the light switch on in our hearts and minds. And that God, today, that we not only declare his resurrection power, but that we also experience it as well. I know that when someone enters a dark room and flips on the switch, instantaneously, the darkness disappears. And the room is filled with light. And we know, we've come to understand that, that light travels approximately 186,000 miles per second. And if you and I could travel at the speed of light, we would travel around the earth seven and a half times in one second. What am I saying? Light is powerful. Just as our words are powerful, Light is powerful, and I believe that same resurrection power, that same resurrection light power that Jesus experienced lives in you and I right now. And when we flip the switch, when we believe, we activate this light in our lives and problems are solved, arguments are diffused, the path becomes clear, solutions arrive, and our freedom bursts forth. See, when the light is turned on in our dark time, we are brought to a place of clarity, vision, understanding, peace, love, and the direction we've always been seeking. This day, my friends, is an opportunity to declare the light of Jesus, to see mountains move, chains broken, problems solved, and destiny delivered. This day is an opportunity for the resurrection to overwhelm your life and overcome your enemy. But let me speak to our situation for a moment, our confinement, as we speak, there are millions in lockdown, forced in quarantine. We know that. But I want to encourage you today that God is leading us, God is loving us, and God is lifting us up and out. And I believe that the light is getting ready to shine like never before. I believe that we are being prepared to burst out with resurrection power to lead people to the one true light. His name is Jesus. 
So God has a plan. He's about to flip the switch. He's about to display his glory out of a place of confinement. I asked uh, our family, we were talking about this whole situation we're in, and, and I said, what's God saying to you? And, and uh, Levi said, well, it's an interruption, that's for sure, it's an, it's an interruption. I thought that was so perfect that he said that because this morning as I was getting ready, I felt like I heard the Lord say, it's oil filling time. It's oil filling time. And uh, what does that mean? That means that when Jesus comes back the second time, there's a, there's a parable of, of 10 virgins and five of them filled their lamps to the full and five of them didn't. And they, the, the ones that didn't kind of scrambled at the last minute. They said, give me some oil. They said, no, we don't have enough. Go get your own. And it, just, it, there wasn't enough time, the Bible says. But those who filled their lamps were ready. And I believe this is oil filling time. I believe that we are, have been on a road, our own road, our own path, busy with different things. And, but when we stop at the gas station, we go in for a candy bar and maybe a newspaper instead of filling at the pump. Instead of filling our lamps with him, with God, I believe with all my heart that we are in confinement because it's oil filling time and God's getting ready to do something incredible. You know, the Bible is filled with this common theme of confinement, whether it's three days in the tomb, three days in the belly of a fish, confined in a fiery furnace, locked in a prison, trapped in a lion's den. Your temporary crisis is getting you ready for something powerful and something good, for a radiant light to shine in the darkness. Let me declare this verse again. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You see, in God's kingdom, in God's plan, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. But I just, I just don't, I don't want to see a light at the end of the tunnel. I want to step into his marvelous light. Because there's always freedom on the other side. God always brings light out of a place of darkness, out of a place of confinement and pressure. Could it be that this pressure is producing something that God will utilize in the immediate future? I say yes. Here's that reminder again. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The glory is the light of Jesus. The glory is the light of God covering you and ultimately covering the earth. So this momentary isolation is making something with substance and power that lasts forever. And it's producing a power that is about to be released. And I declare that into your life today. 
So let me say it this way. This is a phrase that God gave me for us today. As we think about the resurrection power, we think about all the things that Jesus has done on the cross and the resurrection. Now he literally hands the same power of light over to us to go impact the world. That's, that's how that works. But let me say it this way. Could it be that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignment? There's a lot of eins in there, but let me say it again. Could it be that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignment? I say yes. That's why I declare, let there be light. Let's look at the proof because we may be locked up, but we're about to burst out. Just like Jesus bursting from the tomb. Come on. Just like light shining from the grave. Let me prove that statement again that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignment. Could it be that the darkness is set up for the light? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego confined in a fiery furnace. Instead of bowing to an earthly king, Nebuchadnezzar, they chose to follow the king of kings. And because of that loyalty and dedication to God, they were thrown into the fire. Have you ever felt that way? Just trying to do what's right, but something seems to be going so wrong. <laughs> it looked bleak, it looked impossible, but look at what happened in Daniel 3. But suddenly, say suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Well, yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, the king shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a God. That is Jesus himself showing up in the Old Testament. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. My friends, that's a let there be light moment. That's a resurrection power moment in the Old Testament. Right there. But it's not over. There's so much more. Look at this. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in big trouble. Because there's no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Could it be that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignments? 
I say yes, that's why we speak, let there be light. How about Daniel? He was set up by a few rascals who wanted him dead. So they manipulated the king to confine him in a lion's den to throw Daniel to his death. It looked like an impossible situation because nobody had ever survived this, but Daniel 6, very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, he honored the king, said, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. I have not wronged you, your majesty. And the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. That's a resurrection moment. That's God protecting Daniel, but that's God setting him free. Oh, but it's not over. Look at this, Daniel 6. So then the king says, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Look at this. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Could it be that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignment? Years ago, I was going into the jail and leading a Bible study and I met a guy named Brad. And Brad heard the good news about Jesus. And he gave his heart to God for the first time. It was awesome. He was changed. He literally stepped out of darkness into the marvelous light. And one day I went to the jail to lead another Bible study and Brad wasn't there. I thought maybe he got out, but no. I said, I said where's Brad? I asked the guys and they said, well, Yesterday, he was talking about Jesus in the main cell with everybody and someone came up to Brad and accused him of being a Bible thumper. So Brad took his Bible and thumped him on the head. And then they put Brad in lockdown. That's how it goes, that's how it works. I felt so bad for Brad. I was concerned that he would get discouraged and walk away from God and Boy, was I wrong. When the next Bible study arrived, Brad was also released from his confinement. And the moment I saw him, I can see his face right now, I saw a shining, radiant face. He looked happier and stronger than ever before. And obviously no one messed with him because he carried a big old Bible. Brad came out of isolation, more fired up about God and his future. He said, I'm glad I was in lockdown. 
I learned a lot and I was loved a lot. I am stronger in God and I'm closer to God than ever before. And I feel like now that God's got our attention, we are realizing he just wants our affection. Could it be that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignment? I say yes. That's why we declare, let there be light. See, sometimes it takes being in lockdown to learn what is really important and to receive the power of the light, the power of Jesus. Paul and Silas were confined in a prison. They started singing and praising and suddenly an earthquake occurred and set them free. Let there be light. Let there be light. I remember years ago when I was leading worship in Ionia, I got a call from a family that I'd never met before, but they, they knew someone uh, connected to our church and they said, our daughter is in a coma. She, was, she got sick and she fell into a coma and, and they wanted someone just to come and pray and I never met any, many of them. So I remember on the way to the hospital, it was about a 45 minute drive, I prayed all the way there. I said, Lord, bring a healing, bring a miraculous power resurrection power in that place, God, right now. And I got there and it was, it was a really, really somber moment. Obviously, the, the family was there. I'd never met him before. I introduced myself and I said, let's pray. Let's pray and believe. It was, it was, it was a tough, tough moment, but I, I prayed. I said, Lord, I prayed the highest standard of God's word, which is you're the Lord that heals. God, bring your resurrection power to her body. God, we thank you. And it was, it was a long prayer. We all prayed together and held hands. And, and I believe that there were, anybody in that room did not know Jesus. That, that, was my, that was my feeling in that moment. I left and the next day I get a call from the relative connected to them saying that she had passed away. And I can't tell you how tough that was for me because I really believe that it was gonna turn out that way. I, in my mind, I could see it and I'm not here to judge any circumstance or myself or anybody. I just didn't work out the way I expected it. So I went back and I, I kind of went into a solitary confinement of, of discouragement where I just kind of hunkered down. I said, well, you know what? I guess, I guess it doesn't work all the time and I don't know what happened. God, I was obedient to you and it just didn't work. It seems like, and so I was really sheepish on, am I gonna be able to pray for people again? And that whole week, I was like fighting and grappling with God about this moment. And, and I'll never forget it, I'm leading worship. The sun, that Sunday, I'm leading worship. And at the end of the worship set, the Lord impresses on my heart to pray for healing over people right now. And I thought, oh my goodness. Lord, I'm like, oh, for one, <laughs> you know. And he said, and, and he said, pray 
And I stopped the song and I kind of went, said to my pastor, I said, Pastor, I just feel like I need to pray for, for healing. And, and I knew I only had about five minutes because he had to come up and preach his message. And so I said, oh man, here we go. And I thought, I, I invited people to the altar for prayer, for healing. And I'll never forget, the whole altar was filled. There had to be 30, 40 people filling this altar. And I thought, oh no, I can't do this in five minutes. But I was obedient and I took my guitar off and I went down and I literally just began to lay hands very quickly on people. Be healed in Jesus' name, be healed. God loves you. Pray for healing over them, healing over their body, their minds, their hearts and, and prayed. And that took about five minutes. And by the way, no one helped me. I'm, I was like, please help me pray. And nobody, I was the only one just kind of laying hands on people that day. And I remember I sat down after that thinking that didn't work. I didn't do that right. And, I've, I've, and all of a sudden, someone taps me on the shoulder next to me and she goes, my foot's healed. I've had pain in the arch of my foot for years. And it's been, matter of fact, I always have to take off my shoe because it hurts so bad. And she says, Pastor Dan, when you prayed, I felt a warmth go into my foot and my foot is healed. I'm like, maybe it does work, <laughs> you know? I said, Hallelujah. All of a sudden, the light of God began to come alive in me again. And not only that, I, I began to hear stories after the service. My shoulder got healed. I'm hearing story after story after story about how God brought his healing power into that moment. The light had come. But it, it gets better because the next Sunday, the family of that young girl comes to church probably for the first time in years and they all give their hearts to Jesus. The light has come. Maybe it didn't work out the way I expected, but it seemed to work out even better. Man, God, you're good. Could it be that even that thing you're going through, that confinement is a setup for your divine assignment? Here's my last proof. Jonah confined for three days in a whale. He, he entered because he was unwilling to follow God's plan. He was supposed to deliver a message to the people of Nineveh to tell them to turn to God, but he didn't do it. He was afraid and he really didn't like the people. So God sets up a place for him to live for three days rent free in the belly of a large fish confined, but finally, Jonah comes to his senses and says a couple things. First of all, he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was wrong. I don't like this stinky fish. By the way, it wasn't some, some two-story apart, whale apartment. It was not. It was literally like a big old catfish, and he was confined in it, still alive, but able to speak with God. And in the belly of that fish, he says two phrases, which I think is so critical for our lives. He says, I'm sorry. And then right before he is released, he says, thank you. If I, if I wanna say for you two things that allow you to burst forth from your confinement, it's these two phrases. I'm sorry, God. 
Thank you, Jesus. And if you read it, as soon as he said, thank you, God, for my life. Thank you that, that you have shown me something. Thank you that you've corrected me. Thank you that you've directed me. And thank you that you've connected me. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you read it, the moment he gave thanks, the fish spit him out on land. He burst out of that confinement into freedom again. But see, in that moment, God was getting Jonah ready to fulfill the original plan. So after Jonah says, I'm sorry and thank you, fish spits him out, and Jonah makes a beeline towards Nineveh. He enters the city and speaks eight words, eight power-packed words, eight words filled with the spirit of God, with the mercy of God, and with the grace of God. And after saying just eight words, that was his assignment. Amazing. His assignment was only eight words. Makes me think, I don't have to save the world tomorrow. I just need to be obedient with the next thing God's calling me to do. I need to burst out of my place of confinement in some way, whether it's a phone call, text message, whatever I can do in this moment and begin to speak what God wants me to speak because those eight words cause an entire city of about 120,000 people to turn to God. God had mercy on Nineveh. And I love it that God changed his mind. It's amazing that God can change his mind when his people pray, humble themselves, right? See, that light that, that, that Jonah experienced caused him to hurry towards his destiny. Could it be that your confinement is a setup for your divine assignment? I say yes. That's why we declare, let there be lights. Let our hearts come alive. And lastly, when Jesus was crucified, it was the darkest time in history, literally and spiritually. The disciples could not bear to watch the torture of our Savior, who could? So they left him. They abandoned him and hid in darkness out of fear. Friday was brutal. Saturday, it seemed like all hope was lost. Almost everyone gave up. The news was horrible and the threats against the disciples were real. The religious community and the Roman soldiers were on their way to capture and kill them. The waiting was excruciating. But thank God for Sunday. Thank God that he always keeps his promises. Thank God that he spoke again in that tomb. Let there be light. And Jesus rose from the grave and ripped open the gates of hell and declared once and for all that our sins are forgiven and death has been defeated. right now, you might be enduring your own personal den of lions, your fiery furnace, your lockdown. Please remember this, that your circumstance is never a reflection of how much God loves you. Your circumstance is never a reflection of how much God loves you. But could it be that your confinement 
is a setup for your divine assignment. Let there be light. See, I believe God is about to take the light from your house and put it high on a hill. I believe that resurrection light is about to burst forth in a powerful way. I believe this current confinement is the divine setup for the church to arise and shine and light the way for the lost, hurting, and broken. Let there be lights. This is what God's about to do in Isaiah 43. Look at this. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me and jackals and owls too. My friends, that's revival. Those are, those are not church people. Those are people that maybe wanna come to church, but they think that church is too good for them and we realize it ain't. We're all imperfect people, but those are people that are gonna stream in that have lived wild lives like we all have. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Well, we might as well seize this moment before it passes, my friends. No time to discuss who done it. Did God do it? Did we do it? Did the devil do it? No, no, no time. This is all about people seeing the light of God's glory. His love and mercy shining through all humanity. Jesus breaking through to light up your world. I love what Habakkuk said as we finish. Habakkuk 3, I've heard about all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in this moment, remember your mercy. I see God moving across the deserts of Edom, the Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens and the earth is filled with his praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. And right now, those lights may be in rooms, in homes, in cars, but friends, there's something powerful about to happen. The light is about to shine brighter than ever. It's about to burst forth and be displayed like never before. Easter isn't just another story. It's a display of God's glory. It's a prediction of the glory that's coming so we say, let there be light. Let there be light in your homes. Let there be light in your hearts, in your relationships, in your marriages, in your families, in your workplace, in your business. Let there be light in your town, in your city, in your country. Let there be light. Speak it, declare it. Could it be that this current crisis is the divine setup for the church to arise and shine and make the next powerful impact in history, I say 
yes. And it all starts with you and me. And I wanna give you a chance to receive this powerful resurrection light by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I love it that Friday we said the cross represents forgiveness, but my friends, the resurrection represents freedom. We all need forgiveness and we all need freedom. If you've never received and experienced his resurrection power, today is the day. And I would love to pray with you. And we just pray a simple prayer. There's a lot of prayers that you can pray but I like to make it simple and I like to make it just like I'm speaking to a child because the Bible says unless we become like children, we by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I believe when I pray this prayer that it's just a prayer from my heart because I realize I need Jesus. And it's simply this, and I say it three times, and you can repeat it after me. I just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Just say that. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. And lastly, Jesus, come into my heart. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time, we would love to get to know you. I would love to hear from you. Just text RLC saved to 97,000. That's a great way to connect with you. RLC saved to 97,000. RLC saved 97,000. I would love to know that you gave your heart to Jesus. I would love to be that person to help encourage you on your journey. We'd love to support you in your life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you, God, that you've called us as your children to declare let there be light right now in this time. And I believe it's a prophetic message, not only for now, but also for what you're about to do, God. Thank you, God. I pray that, that you would continue to fill us up as we draw near to you, God. You'd fill our lamps with oil, God. And I also believe, God, that we're about ready to burst out from our place to impact our world, to preach the gospel, God, the good news that Jesus Christ has died for me, has given his life for me, taken all of my sins on his body, but on the third day he rose again to allow me to have freedom to burst out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. God, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.